Welcome back to Fueling Success, an athlete story where we talk with Division I and professional athletes about their stories and what they did to get to that level. Our guest today is Owen Cuff, a senior pitcher on the St. Mary's College baseball team. Welcome to the show, Owen. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here to talk to you. Of course, of course. Yeah. Do you want to kind of tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I'm a senior left-handed pitcher at St. Mary's College of California. Uh, this is my second year here, where I was previously at Abilene Christian University in Texas. Um, I'm a biology major student. Um, right now, I have an emphasis on being pre-med, uh, which is kind of unique for um, a college athlete to do, but it's been a good journey so far, and you know, I'm excited for my next chapter after this year. Yeah, it's got to be hard being pre-med and being a D1 athlete. <laughs> Definitely. Not a lot of time. Not a lot of time on the side, for sure. Not at all. Yeah, actually, one of our guests a few weeks ago is, uh, she's a freshman, and she's majoring in biology. Uh, she wants to be an orthopedist as well, or wants to be an orthopedist. So yeah, um, it's it's a lot, but it kind of helps, especially, like, you know what kind yeah. of medicine you want to go into? Um, I want to go into, specialize in, like, physiology, doctor physiology, so. Okay, so yeah, so that's good, yeah. So having that sports background definitely helps, um, but sure. it's... It's crazy, yeah, because being D one athlete is so busy, and then being a pre med major is also so busy. It's a lot harder than other majors, so there's so much time. But do you feel like being an athlete has helped a lot with time management to organize yourself? Yeah, I think I think a lot of the skills we learn as an athlete. I mean, you, you just have to be a little bit more concise, a little more focused on all the things you do, whether it be you know planning ahead, bringing snacks with you, bringing you know, all your stuff for practice with you. Um, I, learning those skills has helped me find little times here and there throughout my day where I can, you know, mix in a little study session for 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, because all those small little times definitely add up. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, no, that that definitely can add up, but it's it's good, yeah. And what's what I see with a lot of athletes, just the, the time management, the discipline, it's just, it's impeccable, like, what yeah. you guys can do. Like, I thought I was busy, in college just with my course load and things like that and then working with so many athletes like like you got like you at your level i realized i just i had really poor time management you know i yeah. you know be like oh i only have an hour right here so like i only have an hour between class and dinner i i'll just wait i'll just wait for dinner then do homework after and i realized you know i could have gotten a lot done in that time um yeah. and it's just yeah you guys are crazy you're waking up 6 a.m workouts or you have late late tutoring all that it's it's remarkable but no that's definitely a good one so um with that said obviously you're obviously very good at baseball that's how you got to this level um so obviously d1 with professional prospects you know draft come up this year um likely to maybe hear your name called but what age did you start playing baseball at um, so I started playing baseball when I was right about five years old. Okay. Um, so I've been playing just about my entire life, and it's really the only sport I've ever, ever played. So um, I've been bought in since the start, I'd say, and um, that's why this journey has been so much fun to be a part of. Um, you know, it's something I've been looking forward to for the longest time. So, so, so you never played any other sport? Nope, never okay. played. Yeah, I mean, played you know recreational uh other sports but yeah never competitively played other sports besides baseball okay interesting yeah it, i love one of the things i've loved so far about this podcast is getting a, a very different answer to that question um some played two sports some played like four sports some focused on it from a young age um i guess 
do you think there's any reason why you just focus on baseball? Like, did you not like any other sports? Did you know you were going to go far? Like, what do you think led to that decision? Um, I think mostly I just fell in love with baseball and I don't know. I wanted to play it year round, um, because I enjoyed it so much. So when I started playing year round, there wasn't really much time for other sports. And personally, I was happy with only playing baseball. So I know some people are different and it works out great for some people playing other sports. But for me, I was just really content just playing baseball. Yeah, no, that's, Hey, that that's a good one for sure. Um, no playing baseball. It, it's, it, it is a big commitment especially being a pitcher, there's, it's a very refined skill to work on, right? Obviously, you know, other players have to work on the fielding, their throwing and their hitting, but well, even as a, as a kid, you're probably focused on hitting as well, but still it's, it's a lot of work. It's, there's a lot of the showcases, the tournaments, the travel ball. It's, it's a big commitment. Um, but clearly it, it was the right thing for you. Um, yep. so curious, did you ever have any serious injuries either during college or in high school? Um, so really before college, I didn't really have any serious injuries, you know, maybe some sprains here and there, keep me out one or two weeks. But my most serious injury came my sophomore year of college. Um, when I was, so I was coming back after the fall, after winter break and right before new year's, I fractured my ankle pitching, Mm -hmm. um, or training. So that was probably the most serious injury because that, that took quite some time to, really get 100 percent from and that took a lot of time in the you know training room um just trying to basically make it good enough to pitch on for okay. over 15 weeks so yeah. that was that was definitely not ideal but um, no, it's hard, it was yeah. also a learning experience i'd say <laughs> yeah because because one of the other guests was saying how like there was a study and it showed that athletes who specialize in their sport are more likely to get injured Whereas like really? those who played multiple sports, okay. maybe just because you learn different mechanics and things like that and yeah. prevents it. But, um, but I mean, fortunately yeah, you had that ankle, but you're already at the college level. So it, you had probably better resources for the rehab and yeah. recovery now. So this is when you were still at Abilene Christian. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you transferred after what, after that sophomore year? Yes. Okay. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause it, you see all these players and the transfer portal and, changing schools and from an outside perspective a lot of people were like oh these players just can't commit or you know they're jumping around it's not the same as it used to be but there's obviously a lot more to that and there's got to be a good reason for it so tell me like why did you transfer yeah so i transferred mostly just because um the head coach and i had a a sit down talk and we just decided that there'd probably be a better opportunity for me to get on the field and um pitch innings for a team elsewhere mm. so that was kind of you know i left on good terms it was okay good mutual good mutual split so i think that's where like some people look at the transfer portal and they're like oh people that jump in like they get they get greedy and they want to go somewhere else they got want to go over here but um i'd say there's also like it gives a lot of guys different opportunities too because if i was still there i don't know really how much i would have a chance to get on the field or things like that but um, you know, it allows me to come back closer to home, see my family all the time. That's true, um, yeah. And still have chances to go out on the field and perform. So, um, to me, that my my um experience with the transfer portal was nothing but positive. But okay. I know for some guys, especially with it getting crowded right now, um, it gets tricky for sure. 
Yeah. No, and I like what you said, because from an old school perspective, like a lot of people would be like, oh, these kids just don't want to work hard. They don't want to compete for their position, yeah. so they're leaving. And and I get that viewpoint, but it's also not a fair way to go about it because, yes, you're playing you're playing college sport um, and you should, you know, yeah, compete for your position, but you're not – it's different than a pro athlete who has five years to earn their spot. You only have four years to play your sport, and if your goal is to play at the next level, which I know is your goal – that's not fair for you to stick around at a school to maybe play your position and maybe get a few innings your senior year. Whereas you can go junior year and get that shot because so many players were highly recruited in all sports out of college or out of high school. And these college, the the college coaches, they don't really, you know, care about being fair. They want the best players. So they're going to, they're going to recruit 20 pitchers and five of them will start, even though the other 15 could start on, many other D1 programs and now they're sitting on the bench and they could have went pro, but they didn't get their shot in college. Yep. My personal opinion is that the transfer portal is making it more fair. It's giving more players opportunities to get their name out there and get drafted because they're getting yeah. the opportunity to play. Um, so that's kind of how obviously you feel too, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it's a great thing, honestly, but um, I mean, there it's, especially college sports, like there, there's the business side behind it. I mean, coaches, right. they need to win. Um, you know, that's, that's their job is to win. And, um, so when you're able to have a good sit down talk and really, you know, have a mature decision to enter the transfer portal, um, and go find your better opportunity, you know, it's, there's two sides to it. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's something great and obviously it can be abused, but, um, for the most part, I think it's, good for the sport yeah no it definitely can i know there's you know especially yeah they don't talk about transfer court in all sports but i know there's one football player and i think he's going to like his fourth school in four years right um and i'm sure that's happening in other sports as well it just doesn't really make it to the news and that might be a bit of an abuse because like all right you're not giving yourself a shot to earn the position but you know i feel like if you're out of school two years and you're not getting a fair shot and you know you can get that shot somewhere else you should be able to transfer I hate when player I hate when players had to sit out for a whole year because they transferred. Yeah, and it just it didn't seem fair. Um, so I, I I, I'm a big fan of it, and um, you know, obviously we we worked together for a while. You know, you're a client. I know we we just caught up again. Um, and it seems like transferring was a great decision for you. You're getting your opportunity now. Yeah. You're you're a weekend starter now, um, at in a big conference, and that's gonna really help you professionally. And you can yeah. only imagine how many players now are getting that, but also how many players in the past got, you know, hurt by that, by not being able to transfer or being afraid to transfer because they were going to lose that year. So, um, but like I said, yeah, you guys left on good terms. It was just, you know, it wasn't a argument with the coach. It wasn't this or that. So no, I like that. It, um, it yeah. worked out for you. <laughs> so that's good. Definitely. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Um, so like I said, we obviously we worked together. You were one of my clients for a little while and, and we just caught up. So this is a really interesting question. What's something from a nutritional standpoint that you've learned as a D one athlete that you wish you had known as a younger athlete? Um, I would say one of the biggest things that I've learned from my time in college and obviously working with you, um, I would say is the benefit of snacking. I know we just uh, (laughs) 
talked about how my lack of snacking lately has hurt me, but um, when when I did start adding snacks throughout my day, it made you know made all your it made me hit my caloric goals, made me you know be able to get to the goals that I needed to be at. Um, and when I was snacking, it also boosted my velo, helped me feel better at practice, um, you know, all those things. So that's something I didn't do in high school either. Um, you know, you have your three meals, you go to class, and then that's about it. So that's definitely something I wish I knew when I was younger. Yeah, no, snacking, it makes a big difference for sure. Not just the helping yeah. to hit the calorie needs, especially if, if you're an athlete that needs 3,000, 4,000 calories, like you're not going to get that from meals alone snacks but it's also the stabilization of energy like you're getting more consistent energy throughout the day and on that note one thing you mentioned before we hopped on the podcast was the energy drinks um so i don't know if you were drinking those in high school too but i know earlier in college you would drink an energy drink before the games right and what was happening there yeah yeah so in high school, I didn't really have energy drinks ever, but in college, you know, you get, you meet some guys that, you know, like, oh, before, before outings, you got to get that, get that caffeine in, get, get fired, like, get ready to go. Um, but for me personally, that, that was not helping me just because it was thrown off. You know, I would drink the energy drink and I'd get uh, shaky, things like that, get anxious, and it would throw off my command. And my, my command's been something that has been, kind of my downfall in college so far. Um, and it's something that I'm turning the corner on now. And a lot of that is due to um, now no longer drinking those energy drinks before I go throw, yeah. maybe having a cup of coffee in the morning if I need it. But besides that, mm-hmm. just allowing my nutrition to fuel me throughout the day and make me feel good on the mound. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things where a lot of people get lost with or, you know, not understanding maybe doses or simplifying things right so they'll they'll see caffeine helps performance because it does it's gonna it can help you throw a little bit harder feel a little bit more energized but there's a threshold so that one cup of coffee is going to help you might might make you throw a little harder maybe not feel as much pain you can go a little bit longer it's gonna help so people see that be like okay caffeine's good they don't realize the limit the energy drinks there's more caffeine in there there's the other stuff in there and like you said yeah maybe you're throwing a little harder but you were, you know, your accuracy wasn't that great. And I think there was a while where, you know, you weren't pitching because of control, yeah. right? And, and walking too many yep. hitters. Um, and that's and that's a big thing. And one thing we were talking about before, it, as you go up in levels, things get, or your margin of error gets smaller. So let's say you're a high school pitcher and you drink that energy drink and it's helping you throw harder, but your aim is off by like an inch or two you'll get away with that at the high school level in the college level, maybe half an inch you can get away with, yeah. but not those one to two inches. And in the pro level, no, if you're, if you're an inch off, that's a home run, like those kind of things. So it's, you know, for anyone in high school, listen to this. Yeah. You might be doing great right now, despite doing energy drinks and stuff like that before games. But if you get to the next level, it's going to be a whole other story, right? Like I know because you played baseball your whole life. So you, probably play at very high levels with travel ball and things like that. Like I'm sure you played at the top, but still how much of a difference was playing like elite travel ball in high school versus playing D one baseball? Yeah, I think, uh, there's definitely a wake up call when you know you, you go into, <laughs> you go into college and everybody, you look around on the field, everybody was that best player on the team you're playing. You know, you, 
I'd say in travel ball, you go, you go play a team and you're like, Oh, like they got five really good guys, but you show up to college and those five really good guys is all 40 of your teammates. (laughs) It's all 16 other pitchers that you're competing with for three starting spots. So Mm -hmm. that was definitely a wake up call knowing that, you know, everybody was, is as good as you or was as good as you in high school. Like nobody, once you get to college, nothing you did before matters. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, your high school awards, your travel ball awards, that stuff doesn't matter. It's all, you're in the now. You have to fight every day, compete every day against mm-hmm. all those guys who had the exact same awards as you. So, yeah. Um, that was definitely a little bit of a wake up call. Yeah. And then even from college to pros, like it's going to be a huge jump. Cause like I would say, like if call, if your skill and all that from college would directly translate to the pros, there wouldn't be over 40 rounds of the draft they could get it right yeah. in five or 10 rounds, yep. but there's just, you don't know how someone's going to pan out. Um, and one thing is like, obviously not being complacent because a lot of high school players be like, Oh, I got my D one scholarship my sophomore year. I'm one of the best in my team. One of the best in the area, you know, I'm good with what I'm doing. When you get to yeah. the college, like you said, everyone's going to be the best from their yeah. area. Like it was when I worked at Georgia for the tennis on the, on the men's team, everyone on the team was I think top 20 in the nation as a high school player, like when they got recruited. And I think they were all like maybe top one or two in their state, or most of them were like one or two in their state. And it's just crazy. Like they're dominating. And now you got someone that was like the best player in their state and they're not even playing in college because they're not one of the best six on the team. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. And that's why you always got to keep, working and keep working to absolutely build up that level um but yeah no it's it's definitely a culture shock but it's once you once you wake up to it and you keep working right and even more so right like um a lot of clients will come to me with the goal of improving their weight improving their performance to get to that next level yeah and once they get there like okay yeah we're good or people be like oh i'm at that level whatever you you didn't start working on me until you were in college and you were established in college already. And then even still you saw improvement once you fixed your nutrition. So there's always room to grow. Yeah. And definitely. I mean, like that with that said, either at St. Mary's or at Abilene, have did you notice any players that were just complacent with being there? Like, hey, I got to this level, I'm good. Or does everyone continue to work hard? Um, there's always a few teammates that, you know, they they're just content with they get to work in at practice and that's about it. And they don't really, you know, go for that extra work or mm-hmm. do things like that. But, um, for the most part, I think I've been pretty lucky to be around a lot of guys that, um, are hard workers and driven. So okay. it's been nice having been surrounded by a bunch of guys that are growth mindset and want to get better because I think once you're around all those guys, it, it feeds off each other. Um, or we feed off each other and we get going with, you know, some guy be like, oh, let's get some extra work in. And then rat, like all of a sudden you got seven guys out there getting extra work in. So it takes that one person nice so far. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the one person to be like, let's do it. Let's, let's get going and push it. No, that's good because you always worry about that with certain teams of players being like, Hey, I got my scholarship. I'm here. Just here for the free ride. Yeah. Let's go through. Um, yeah. But you want to win. And it, yeah. most of the players are going to be like, Hey, we're here to win. Let's, let's do that. Um, yeah. So that's good. So with that said, kind of 
tell me what does a uh, what does a typical day look like for you as a Division One baseball player? Um, so right now, luckily, I you know as as we said, I'm a senior, so I only have two classes left. So yeah. right now, my course load's a little lighter, so I only have one class a day at eleven thirty. 11.30 to about 12.45 every day. But um, typically for a normal person you, or for a normal college athlete, you'd be probably from like 9 to 9 a.m. to noon to 1 p.m., at least for our school. So um, after that, it's you get your lunch in around 1, and then we show up to the field for early work around 1.30. You have your early work, then practice from about 2, 2.30 to four four thirty and then here we lift at night so we'll we'll lift after practice at five fifteen um from five fifteen to six fifteen and then it's you know go back home go do go eat 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 dinner you have all your homework you know your chores around the house clean up some things but um that's typically a normal day cool yeah no it's <laughs> the the chores part is interesting right you know freshman maybe sophomore year if you're living in a dorm not as much of those chores. Um, but that's actually what's interesting. I never really kind of process that. Um, when you're an upperclassman, you're, yeah, you're full-time student. Well, not, maybe not this semester (laughs) for you, but normally you're a full-time student and you're a full-time athlete, but then you're also kind of living like the adult life. As far as you got to do grocery shopping, you got to pay the bills for the house. You gotta, you gotta cook, you gotta clean. So it's, it adds on to that, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Like actually I had my, my interns, a D one softball player. So I had her do a like typical day video for, so I could post on TikTok. And yeah. it was interesting. Like one of the things was that she had class practice workouts, all that. And she's like, Oh, quick run to the grocery store, folding laundry, like the little things in there that yeah. you just don't think about on top of all the other responsibilities. Definitely. <laughs> so no, that's definitely that's good. But you obviously seem to manage it well. Now it's a little easier with the one class, but um yeah. even you know when we talked, you know, a couple of years ago still you you always manage your time very well. You always manage to fit in all the snacks, all the meals on top of everything, which is always which is yeah. always good. Cool. Um so this is kind of an interesting question. If you could give your younger self any advice what would it be? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I would say like master the art of consistency. Okay. I think that's what's helped me get to where I am now is just like showing up. Like if you can stack good days of like training, eating, things like that and do the right things, the person who's going to do it the most and be the most consistent with it is the one who's going to be better, you know, two years down the road. Um, so I think that, you know, being able to be consistent day in and day out is super important. Okay. Um, for many reasons, obviously, but yeah, I think that is one of the most important things for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so consistency and honestly, the consistency probably helps with time management too, because you're not all yeah. over the place. So yeah, that definitely helps. Cool. Um, and I guess similar to that, if there's any non-nutrition piece of advice you could give to a high school baseball player like what would it be um i think just continue persevering i mean baseball is a sport that just you know it it can humble you real quick (laughs) oh yeah um and there's a lot of ups and downs you're whether it be training for pitching like velocity it's not just like a linear thing um going after your goals is definitely not a linear thing so 
just understanding that when there's those ups and downs of your training, ups and downs of, you know, up and down moments of your career, whether you have a good day, a bad day on the field, but just being able to persevere and move on to the next day and having that consistent mindset of it's all right, no matter what happens, just you wake up the next day, you get your work in, get to the field. Um, being able to do that, I think, will not only get you far in baseball, but being able to persevere is obviously just a good life skill to have in general as well. Um, and it'll help you in class because obviously taking college classes and things like that is not, not an easy thing to do either. Yeah. You're going to have good days and good days and bad days in the classroom. You're going to, you know, have a test you study for all forever and you're going to get your grade back and be really disappointed. (laughs) And there's going to be tests that you get your grade back and you're going to be super, super happy. So, um, I think being able to persevere is super important. So on that note there, I, I'm sure you're very aware there's a very popular saying when it comes to baseball where you're expected to fail seven out of 10 times. And if you do that, yeah. that's good. You're on the other yeah. end of that, obviously. So as a pitcher, yeah. is that more pressure? Because that means you're supposed to succeed seven out of 10 times. Like what, what do you, or how do you deal with failure or not succeeding as a pitcher? Um, I wouldn't say it's more pressure just because it's part of the game, but I think, you know, I think being able to deal with failure in a way where you, you understand that your performance on the field doesn't dictate who you are off the field. I think that's super important. Just knowing, um, like, okay, I had a bad day in the field. I gave up, you know, four runs, whatever. Um, that doesn't define you as a human being off the field because some guys could let their performance on the field kind of affect their mood off the field and, yeah. you know, bring them down when they bring them down when they get home and things like that. But, um, at the end of the day, it is a game that we're lucky to play. So okay. uh, being able to separate between on and off the field, I think is super important to dealing with that, those failures. Oh, that seems to be a very uh, common piece of advice so far with all the episodes is yeah. everyone saying, yeah, don't let what goes on the field dictate your life or your mood yeah. outside of like separate the sport from life, which is, which is big. Cause like, I mean, I've mentioned this before. We always expect athletes especially like the ones on TV all the time, we expect them to handle losses and be upset about it and, and stick with until yeah. the next game. Cause like as a fan, we're upset, but the players, you know, yeah. you got to separate, you got to move on. So that's, that's really big. Yeah. Cause as a pitcher, right. You're going to have really good outings yeah. and you're going to have bad outings, right? You're going to yeah. give up five runs in an inning and then you're going to pitch seven shutout innings the next game it's going to be back and forth but it's yeah it's how yeah. you bounce back and it's how you stick with that which is big um and and i feel like every sport deals with that but baseball i feel like is unique especially as a pitcher because it's slow in the sense that you have more time to think yeah. and you, which gets to you or can get to you yep. um Absolutely. like have you ever had the yips or anything like that um yeah, I mean, there's definitely times where, you know, you, you'll walk a guy that, you know, that, like you said, there's, he takes his time down to first base and he's taken off his arm guard, his leg, his shin guard, things like that, and gives you time to think, like, oh, um, you know, I don't walk the next guy or like things like that. But I think that's where it's important to be able to replace those negative thoughts with instead of like, oh, like, don't walk the next guy. It's replace it with like, oh, I'm going to like attack the strike zone here, things like that. Um, so I think that's, uh, you know, a pretty big thing to be able to replace those thoughts and keep moving forward and not let 
the time that you have to think get the best of you yeah no that's that's big advice because i know it can get a lot of people said i know when i was an athlete it i got in my head a lot like in soccer i i hated taking pks because one the spotlight's on you and two you're expected yeah. to score which is more pressure um yep. and then in baseball um so you, you ever seen major league two yeah. yeah. So I was like that catcher. I was so nervous okay. to throw the ball back to the pitcher with the runner on third. I could throw a yeah. strike <laughs> down to second. Like, yeah. I, I could throw a strike down to second, but I couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher without being nervous. And, yeah. and drop third strikes, I couldn't throw the ball to first. Like, I hated it because it was so much pressure. Um, and I feel like that's what holds back a lot of athletes is not being able to handle that pressure. Um, yeah. Which is which is big. And actually, no, I have a, I have a good story about that. So at baseball camp, our, one of our coaches was telling us how one of his college pitchers. Um, so he was, he was deaf and he had a hearing aid and they were playing this team. They were making a lot of noise and it seemed like he was getting rattled and yeah. the coach went out to talk to him and the pitcher goes, Oh wait, hold on. Let me turn my hearing aid back on. So he literally <laughs> silenced them. Yeah. And I just thought that was amazing because, like, not everyone can do that. But it's just, I don't know, I always found that funny. It's like, hey, there you go. I'm going to silence them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, cool. So a couple of rapid-fire questions we do every episode kind of makes it a little bit fun. And then we're going to kind of wrap up. So first okay. uh, rapid-fire question, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Okay. Uh, morning or night person? night person for sure okay cool and then would you rather play in the extreme heat like 80 90 degrees or extreme cold like 30 40 degrees definitely extreme heat okay interesting yeah 100 yeah i guess for baseball i guess it makes sense because you're moving around but with the extreme cold you go in the dugout and you kind of tighten up which isn't good yeah so it's oh yeah it's a lot harder to pitch in the extreme cold too yeah no especially yeah with the if you're especially if your team is good and you have a longer time between innings yeah yeah you definitely freeze yep. up a little bit so yeah no that's good cool and i know the answer to this already because we just talked about this but share with everyone else what is your go-to pre-game meal go-to pre-game meal well right now i'd say uh with the timings it's been my just my standard lunch of uh, a sandwich with turkey sandwich with an avocado uh, cheese, the cheese sticks on the side and some kind of cooked chips as well um, that's been been my go-to lately been nice and easy to get in and uh, it keeps me filled throughout the games yeah simple you got your carbs you got your protein easy to digest and yeah fuels you um obviously working well you know hitting that hit at 90 miles per hour right it's you're fueling the, yep. fueling the body well Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, again, thank you for obviously sharing all this insight. Um, I think it's going to be very valuable for any, really any athlete out there, especially any high school baseball players listening, because it is a very unique sport um, Definitely. and all that. So actually one more question I do have for you with that being so unique, any recruiting tips you have for high school baseball players out there, like to get their name out there, how to get in contact with coaches, anything you could share? Um, yeah, so I would say in terms of recruiting, I would say like have a good internal self-talk about how, like try to see like where you're at now. So basically, um, what I mean, like, is, is if, if you want to say you want to play a division one baseball, you know, you should probably look around go to a division one baseball game and see what those pitchers are doing, see what those hitters are doing. Um, and then 
have an honest talk with yourself and say, am I, am I good enough to be recruited to this school or am I good enough to be at this level? And if your goal is to get to that level, I would say to put your time into training, nutrition, sleep, recovery, things like that to get to that level. Um, I see there's a lot of people that, you know, they chase the college camps, they chase the showcases when they're not ready to be seen. Um, so I would say like, that's what I wish I did. I wish I like didn't go chase these showcases for three years. I wish I spent two of those years training, two of those years getting myself ready, and then use that last year to go out there and show how good I was because um, I think that would have actually got me further than how I or where I was then. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say if if you have the skills, they're going to find you. So I would say put your effort into developing those skills and um, things like that. That's incredible advice. Um, it's something I didn't, never would have thought of either because I feel like there's so much emphasis on these showcases and these tournaments, yeah. the travel ball of the summer to get your name out there. And it's coming to the point where teams are starting to do showcases in, in these big tournaments in eighth grade. And yeah. they think they got to get their name out there early. And yeah, you might be getting your name out there, but what are they seeing? Um, yeah. And I think that's true. Like with all this travel ball, you're not really getting a, a pure off season. You're maybe getting a couple yeah. months in the winter simply because it's too cold outside. Whereas, you know, maybe instead of playing travel ball all summer, you use that summer to work out lifts, lift four or five days a week, get more workouts and hit like really bone up your skill. Because if you take that extra time to develop, you only need one or two good showcases and yeah. you'll get noticed. Right. Yep. So that's phenomenal advice. Yeah. Um, to basically yeah, just work on your skills first and don't, don't waste your time with these showcases until you're ready. Um, yeah, because yeah, you never know. That's awesome. No, appreciate that. Um, so yeah, on that note, anything else you want to share with the audience, any other tips, any advice, anything else about you? Um, I mean, I think we've covered most of it. Yeah. Baseball is a challenging sport, especially if you're a pitcher. I mean, you're, you're in the spotlight out there and so your, your failures are amplified. Um, but yeah, just keep going. And if it's really what you want to do, if you just stay after it every day in and day out, eventually you will get to your goals no matter how long it takes. But, um, so yeah. And don't forget to enjoy the ride while you're on it. Um, it goes goes by fast. College goes by fast. I already, I remember my freshman year. Now I'm in my last semester of college. Um, mm-hmm. So make sure you enjoy enjoy the present moment. That's big. That's big. Awesome. All right. Well, again, Owen, thank you so much for coming on this show, sharing valuable insight. Um, again, thank you everyone for listening. You can download all these episodes on your favorite podcast uh, platform, and um, look out for Owen's name in June during the draft. <laughs> Take care. Thank you.